welcome, 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 welcome to the comic. Comic Zone podcast. Are we ready? Ready for what? War. No, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely War. nothing. Yeah. Got Jeremiah Johnston. Yo. What's up, bro? What's up? What's crackalacking with you? Oh, you know, stopping in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, started off or start? Um, well. We're just, uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, dude? What what brings you in here? So, uh, my name's uh, Jeremiah Johnston. I am a tattoo artist. Uh, originally, I'm from a little town called Fallon, Nevada. A uh, little, like, two-stoplight place. Uh, I lived uh, in Atlanta, Georgia for many, many years before moving here to Casper. And I've been tattooing here in Casper for about two years professionally now. So it's been rad. What got you into tattooing? Is it like something you've always been into or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much uh, ever since I was a little kid. Um, it's tattooing. Tattoos are kind of like what got me into art, you know, as, uh, I, as a, a little kid. My parents were like heavily tattooed and um, most of my family, you know, so seeing that. I would start to uh, doodle on myself with like pins, markers, you know, and then I saw some of your pictures on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you had like a whole sleeve that you drew on yourself. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, and that kind of uh, started at a really, really young age. I mean, I was like probably like uh, three or four. So know? yeah, you've always kind of been interested in. Were were you always interested in becoming a tattoo artist, or was it like you just liked tattoos at first, um, and then slowly got into it? Or I would say that I was always interested. Yeah, I was always I always wanted to be a, a tattooer for sure. Uh, you know, even from a young age. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's always been a passion of mine too. Like. Um, you know, like I said, I started out like drawing on myself and then that transferred over to, you know, drawing on paper and, you know, different mediums, canvas, stuff like that. What was your, what was your go-to? Like, uh, what have you done the most? Did you, have you drawn on paper, you think more than anything? Um, yeah, yeah. I would probably say. Like uh, before you got into tattooing, I mean. Graphite for sure. Graphite and like ballpoint pen. Um, and then paint marker, and then that turned into like rattle cans and spray art. Uh, oh, so you did some uh, graffiti art too? Yeah, a ton, a ton. Yeah. So, and that translates well into tattooing, right? Yeah. Um, I think the the color theory, you know, definitely transfers over. It all, it all kind of, it's all halves to the same coin you know like whatever kind of art you do if you pick up a different medium like let's say you go from painting to sculpting and it's like two totally different things well some of that experience in sculpting is absolutely going to translate over to your painting 
and vice versa. You know, like when you're sculpting a, a 3D, like let's say you're doing a bust of a face, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you'll start to notice how your light source hits everything and all the cracks and the crevices, you know? So the next time you're going to like paint a face, you remember that, you know, it, it's like instinct. Like, um, and so it all like transfers over. Well, yeah, and like uh, understanding, I always struggled kind of with like shading hmm. sometimes. Um, if I could, I could look at her and then I was pretty good at drawing like eyes Mm. up close Mm. and then like I could transfer that shading that I saw in like that picture over pretty like well, but like transferring stuff from my head onto paper was always a struggle for me. Yeah. Is that, was that ever a thing for you or have you always just been kind of able to throw shit down out of your head so um it's it's like a learned skill you know what i mean it's just something you kind of pick up over time um but i think it is a difficult thing for anybody uh to just kind of pull stuff out of their head you know um i think uh, a lot of people uh use reference you know a lot of like the dope art you see uh there's a lot of reference used from that like Let's say you see a, an amazing painting of a flower, you know, and just like hyper realism, very detailed, you know. Well, most likely that artist used like a photograph of a flower, went out and took a photo and then painted it. Right, you know? right. Um, but like the more you do art from reference like that, like still lifes and things like that, the more natural it comes when you do just kind of freestyle art, you know, when you're just kind of sitting down doing whatever, the more natural all that, all those light sources and all that shading like comes out, you know? Right. I just don't think I cultivated that skill enough. Like I, I was always really good at like transferring images. Like, you know what I mean? Like looking mm-hmm. at a picture and drawing it. Yeah. I mean, really well. I mean, to the point that it looked like a copy and people, Accused me of tracing all the time. I've always done it from mine, <clears throat> which drove me fucking crazy I've never because had a model. I always just free it, free ball, freestyle, free ball. Yeah, free balling. I just draw. I just draw with no underwear on. That too. It's liberating, you know. Whatever you got to do for that creative process. You don't want to know what to use for a brush. <laughs> no. No. That's disgusting. That sounds like expensive is. art. Yeah. <laughs> Huh, right? Get that in a museum and shit, watch. Just a mushroom print in the middle of the canvas. Dude, people have done crazier shit, (laughs) you know? If you step back, it's just a big picture of a Lipton tea bag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, so... We're off track, and now I... I don't know what the track is, because I walked in late like a slacker. Yeah leaving so we were talking let's get back on the tattoo track so you started two years ago did you uh did you apprentice with anybody or does this kind of like you taught yourself or what what went down yeah with that so i never uh had a traditional apprenticeship so i started out uh for lack of better words like scratching at a very young age like kitchen wizard type stuff you know um I think I did my first tattoo at 14 and, uh, you know, I tattooed like myself and my buddies, 
uh, as a teenager. And, uh, of course everything was like terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but, uh, so it's always been kind of like, uh, in my life, you know what I mean? Um, like I would work, uh, more traditional jobs, you know, but always kind of tattooed on the side. But is there any one style or flavor that you really enjoy mm. tattooing? Like, <clears throat> I really, really uh, enjoy um, Japanese and then American traditional are probably my two favorites. Out of Which everything. is cool because I need to come get an American traditional from you. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that before. I just got uh, caught up with other shit, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. So what is we're still going to do that traditional mean? Mm. So American traditional um, basically is uh, started out, uh, and I mean, don't quote me a hundred percent on anything, but well, I know sure. a little more bit. Or less, I can fill in some blanks because I know quite a bit about it. Too. Yeah. So more or less, uh, American traditional started way back in the day, uh, mainly with like sailors and carnies. So, like, you would go to, like, a, a carnival or whatever, you know, and there'd be a guy there zapping out tattoos for a nickel or whatever it was. And then uh, sailors. Sailors got a ton of tattoos. So that's why you see all those uh, old school tattoos with, like, anchors, sparrows, clipper ships, uh, things that are very, you know, sailor tattoos. And then over time, that evolved into kind of like a biker thing, too, because a lot of those dudes would get out of the service and, uh, you know, pick up a Harley and start riding and you would have like the early MCs and stuff. And those dudes, uh, got tatted like crazy, you so know, something like the pinups too. Is that part of that style yeah. too? Yeah. Well, Absolutely. that was, um, and so like during like world war two and shit, mm-hmm. like when they would be going in it, like these tattoo artists would set up shop, you know, in port towns, uh, and then. Uh, it, like in Hawaii, right? That's where Sa- uh, Sailor Jerry was. Yeah, wasn't it? yep. And like, so they would have like what, like five, maybe five fucking images that you would be able to choose from, and maybe they'd let you to uh, pick some colors, but they would have a very limited color palette, and they would just bang out these tattoos on people, uh, like sailors and shit. Um like you said, for really cheap. Yeah. And then, yep. you know. It was like more of a novelty thing back then. Yeah, you, you would know, get it novelty. just because you were, I mean, that was the thing to do. They didn't have a whole lot of other shit to do other than get like drunk and. Get a tattoo, man. Yeah. Get a tattoo and. Still a lot. You know what prob- I mean? It, it's still it's still very similar nowadays. Um, I just, my, my hometown's called Fallon, Nevada. And uh, it's uh, basically Top Gun Naval Air Station, right? Um, so it's like a huge Navy hub. And I just went back there and guest spotted at a shop uh, called Loser in Love Tattoo. Um, and uh, it's still the same. You get all those Navy guys that come in uh, with the CAG, you know, and they come in on their on their time off, on their leave time, and everybody wants tattoos, man. Yeah. Uh, you got, They probably got... Way more of a selection. That's where you get your flash art from, by the way. That's what that mm-hmm. is, is flash art. The stuff you see on the wall is stuff you can pick. And usually it's a little cheaper to get it, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's already pre-drawn, ready yeah. to go. So, And, like, so tell us a little bit. I mean, I guess 
yeah, a little bit more about that, like pricing, how you would like, um, like, so like a lot of people, I think want to come in and they want you to just give them a price. Right? Oh yeah. And so like, but they want you to draw this image. Um, like, so explain that a little bit. Like is how, like how frustrating is that to have people that aren't maybe that educated in tattoos and then they have a false idea of how much it should cost or that you should be able to give them a price like right away. Um, you know what? It's, it's not super frustrating. Cause like you said, it's just people that basically aren't educated, um, you know, with certain things. Um, and uh, I consider that part of my job, you know, is to educate people properly on, on like, you know, just tattoos in general. And uh, part of that process, you know, is, is, you know, booking appointments and coming up with the, with designs. So And just being a people person in general. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, how I work basically, um, and most people at my shop, which by the way, I'm at a Final Thoughts um is if you would like a tattoo right generally i like to book an appointment i don't do walk-ins often most of the walk-ins are for flash and sales things like that it's just wham bam quick stuff but uh how i do things is uh i like to start off with a consultation so i like to meet my potential client face to face um and just kind of see if the vibe is good because that's super super important Um, nobody wants to be stuck around, you know, people that they don't, they don't vibe with for four or five, six hours, you know? Um, so going forward, you know, if everybody's, you know, pretty chill, um, I, I just kind of talk about the design, like, Hey, what are you looking to get? Where are you looking to get it? You know, cause those are important factors in determining pricing. Um, uh, different designs, you know, take longer to tattoo and different areas of the body take longer to tattoo. So uh, most artists work hourly. They have an hourly rate, and that can range anywhere from, you know, 80 bucks an hour to, you know, way up there, depending. You know, there's artists out there that will charge, you know, five, 600 bucks an hour. Um, so uh, I, I, get a, I get a really good idea for their design. Um, and then I just kind of ballpark it off of my head. So I'm a hundred dollars an hour and I just give them like my best, uh, estimate, you know, like ballpark, this could take three to four hours to complete. So three to 400 bucks. And then, uh, uh, a big thing is, uh, I require a deposit as well. Uh, when we book a, an appointment and that covers our design fees because when somebody books an appointment, right. <clears throat> and they have this awesome, awesome idea. Well, let's say you get this all drawn up and they don't show up to their appointment for one reason or another. Um, well, you've just put three, four hours into a design, you know, and that you could have been doing something else. Exactly. Exactly. And then when they don't show up for their their appointment as well, then you have this five hour spot, let's say, in your day where now you you have to fill it. And, and sometimes it can be hard to fill that immediately. And uh, sometimes I don't like to fill it immediately because the the process is very important. You know, I like to put time into 
the design, of course, but then I like to think about like placement, flow. I mean, there's a lot of uh, effort and attention that goes into this process, you know. Um, so basically, the deposit just kind of tells us that our potential clients serious, you know, okay, they put 50 bucks down, they're going to be here. Uh, I can now freely draw and I don't got to worry about, you know, putting timing into a, a design that's going to go nowhere, essentially, you know. Right. So they've already paid for that side of the got your ass covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100 percent. So it's like they basically paid for the design and that fifty dollars goes towards the total cost of the tattoo as well. So it's already, you know, you're already 50 bucks ahead on your tattoo. So it's just fair for everybody. You yeah. Know? What are some of your favorite tattoos that you've done? Oh, man, that is such a long list. That is such a long list. Yeah. My There's definitely, the one definitely, my that here. is absolutely one of my favorites. This one. Yep. That Shinron is dope. That guy is yeah, near he, and dear to my heart. Yep. He did a Shinron dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Yep. On my forearm. <clears throat> we were both really stoked about one. Yeah, he, he uh, also did this UFO one on my wrist. You did a few of my tattoos. Yep, some script on on your other wrist over there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that Shinron was cool though. We uh we got a lot of detail in there. Yeah. I actually I went into outside the box when you were there. Yeah, yeah. That's and I, well, I didn't actually meet you there, but you were like working the day I was in there and. Some dude did some stuff on my uh, up and by my armpit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his name. I'm not sure who it was but, that day. Yeah, sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, I got a question for both of you guys. So I've, I I I don't have a tattoo, but something my cousin said: Are there tattoos that you've had like older ones that meant something then? And now they have re like kind of remade themselves as meaning something different than when you originally got them. Mm, or does it? I have ones that I've covered that are like I didn't want anymore. If that's what you mean, like the meaning of them changes over time, or it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. No, no, I would say you know all of especially my older tattoos. When I look at those. Uh, they take me back to like that time, you know, of like when I got them, you know. And that's they, what they're for, though. Yep. Yep. I mean, they, I think they, yeah, they all pretty much have the same original meaning, you know. And just over time, it's, they, they grow, uh, like almost more, more dear, you know, and those memories are more precious, you know, because they're that much further away. So, yeah, cover up. So, <laughs> yeah, I covered one on my shoulder that, you know, it didn't, it was shitty. That was a while ago, and then I got it covered with another shitty tattoo. <laughs> I, I got a few of those. I always tell people I got more cover-ups than most people have tattoos, you know? Like, you were just saying you don't have any tattoos. I got cover-ups that yeah, are in you're double like, digits, you know? <laughs> you're covered. Yeah. You got that, the Naruto tattoo on your forehead. Like, so you're, yep. big, you're a big fan of this. is a nerd podcast, so we got to talk about your love of Naruto. Oh, right? yeah. Absolutely, man. Like, so, 
Yeah, so I have a Gara's tattoo from Naruto on yeah, my forehead. On your forehead. Yep, uh, super big, super red. <laughs> um, like went yeah, just hard. blasted. He went yep. hard on that. Yep, one. no regrets. I was regrets. like, damn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, damn, he went, he went for it. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I'm a huge, huge anime fan. Um, it's probably just, like. 90% of what I watch in my free time. Have you been watching that before? I don't want to mean to veer off, but I've been watching the new live action Cowboy Bebop show. I'm three episodes in right Dude, now. Dude, that show's fucking great. It's Same fucking dope. You, you, should fu- you should watch it. It's on my it's on my queue list. Watch it. Yeah. It's so good. Definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. it. I was super surprised at how just like visually it reminds you of the old show. Like even the dude's shoe shoes look like they do in the old show. Yeah, yeah. I think they knocked it out of the park, man, with the visuals on that. And I was so skeptical when I saw the first like shots of the people and the, the characters. Oh, like, I was I was beyond skeptical. I was anti that show for a hot second i was like they're just gonna fuck well, it up always, you know they always fuck up live action like every anime, time anime shit so like this time they like killed it so that like that bodes well for maybe more shit in the future that's good it, it might be like a new yeah like a new era of live actions now Li- live action good live action anime shows you know what they need to do is fuck around and make a, a sword art online live action if they haven't like a good one though like cowboy bebop that would have to be a show they that, see i think the key for this kind of thing it has to be you can't do movies yeah you can't do movies it's trying to put 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag yeah yeah condense all that into two hours yeah because anime has like super rich story like there's a lot of content there and you can't condense it yeah there's a lot of development you know you can't for sure. you can't condense it into a movie because then every, you, people are gonna inevitably hate it it's gotta be told the same way and like you gotta you gotta you gotta do it over time yeah so yeah. what's the basic premise uh, of Naruto. Naruto? Naruto? Damn, you just uh, said it all wrong. Naruto? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start God with how do you it. say it directly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Naruto. Um, the basic premise, right, is it's about a young ninja who wants to become Hokage, which is like the supreme fucking ninja of his village, you know, like that motherfucker. Um, so that, that's basically it, uh, in the beginning. Yeah. And he's, nice. he's kind of a, he's kind of a joke <clears throat> to of everyone, yep. everybody in the beginning. And know he's like, I'm going to be Hokage. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. You fucking you can't even do basic ninja shit, motherfucker. Yeah. He was like last. So like, there's like a ninja school as silly as it sounds, you know, it sounds silly. But uh, uh, like a ninja school that he goes to, and he's like last in class. So, yeah, nobody takes him seriously, and he yeah. fucks off a lot too, though. Yeah, but and then uh, eventually, he's always out there painting graffiti and shit. The, uh, but eventually, <laughs> he does by the end. But he's also 
It's more than that. He's uh, what do they call him? He's uh, he has one of the demon uh, things. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, he? he has a demon. In yeah, him. yeah. Basically, he has a, a spirit inside of him, a nine-tailed fox spirit inside of him, uh, sealed inside of him. Um, and uh, yeah. So that that comes into play too, and there's like a ton of other stuff. There's like a million story arcs. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I don't want to put like too many spoilers out there for people who haven't seen it. Well, yet. dude, it's it's so fuck that. You can spoil <laughs> it up. It's like not new shit. But you know, I I actually came across it like later on in life too. It was one of those ones that uh, I think one of my nephews started watching it. And, uh, you know, he was a little bit younger than me and it seemed like, uh, you know, something for younger, younger guys, you know, younger kids. Mm -hmm. And really it's dude, it's for everybody. Yeah. It's (laughs) such a deep story that you can, it's a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And then, but the thing that frustrated me is like in Shippuden during that last part in the Ninja War is like they kept doing like whole fucking seasons of like filler in between yeah. and i'm like god damn and it like was killing me i just amazing, wanted to it's like amazing spider-man right now uh what oh, in oh in the comics it's a filler too much filler dude away from they the do it it gets pretty fucking ridiculous and shit with him yeah yeah a lot of animes really man they well i heard bleach is like that too bleach one piece i mean there's well one piece has been going on like 20 fucking years 20 some odd years i heard that it's the i heard that it is the like number three selling comic in the world right after superman in batman like that's crazy i have no idea because it's been pretty consistently in the number one spot uh, and shown in Jump for like over 20 years. Like not always, but it's up there pretty consistently. For It's pretty crazy how long that shit's been. I would say One Piece has a pretty cult following, you know. They it, One Piece has some hardcore fans because people grew up, you know, 100% yeah, grew up with it. Yeah, well, that's how I feel with Dragon Ball. Yeah. It's like I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. I went back later and watched Dragon Ball. And then when Super came out, I mean, I watched GT and shit. GT's like... Eh. Man, <laughs> well, it's not man. There's like cool shit in there, but it takes a little bit, and then that show's not really that long. It's only like sixty episodes, yeah, because it didn't do all that well. But like Super is way better, and then so like yeah, I've I grew up with Dragon Ball, and then it like came out later, like with a new show when I was an adult, and it, that was fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, and it, that's a little different. I watched all of Naruto and Shippuden. I haven't watched Boruto. What's your opinion on that? I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I am notorious for like halfway starting shit and then hopping to other <laughs> animes. Well, that's when you know. That's when you know that it's not all that great. Well, sometimes I it it can be like too rad, and I don't want to finish it. 
so soon, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like, I'll watch, like, half of it and then save it for a later type deal. What other what other shit are you watching now? Uh, right now, I'm watching uh, Sword Art Online 2. That's, uh, a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I've always, that's one of those ones I kind of always got, like, kind of halfway through it and I, I never liked, finished it. I liked both of those. And then uh, there's one called, it's hard to pronounce, it's like Ari Furia or Ari Fuerta or something like that. Hmm. Um, my chick got me into that one, and it's it's similar to like Overlord or Sword Art Online, where it's like dungeon fantasy type deal, you know, like uh, slaying monsters and all that. Oh, okay. I, I watched one, I can't ever remember the name, my brother showed it to me it was on netflix but it was uh where all the gods from every religion are real Mm -hmm. right and they all gather like every ten thousand or hundred thousand years or whatever it is i can't remember but they all get together and they decide whether to wipe out humanity or give us another However long it is. Give us another chance, yeah. And, like, they, in the beginning, like, not to, because this is kind of new, not to spoil it, but they fucking, in the beginning, they all decide, they're like, yeah, fuck it, because, like, they're gods, and they don't really give that much of a shit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, like, fuck them. Like, let's, we can wipe them out, whatever. Yeah. And, but then the Valkyrie show up. And they they like argue that they're like oh but there's like a clause in that that says that we can challenge their champions to mortal like to combat motherfucking mortal combat yeah basically yeah. <laughs> but um they have a chance to defend themselves and prove that they're worth keeping around basically and it's pretty dope like they have a fucking tournament and they're bringing in. Like legit, or I, I don't know if all like all of them are, or if they're real people from history. I didn't look that far into it, or if it's like made up or whatever. Some of them, like I don't know, mm-hmm. but they fucking like pull people from that have died throughout time and have them face these gods in combat. That sounds kind of like um like fate fate zero or fate stay night uh so a lot of animes will have like very similar stories you know they kind of all kind of will borrow from each other and that's that's like the premise of that one is there's like this big old epic war for the holy grail every so often and people have to like choose a hero you know they summon like a hero and it's uh, the ones in that are kind of based off of like loose historical characters and like fictitious like king arthur and alexander the great and stuff like that so it's it's pretty cool pretty cool yeah well they that's kind of yeah they were kind of doing shit like that and then they like they had this samurai facing uh poseidon and they called him like the greatest loser because he would like go around and fight all these badass samurai and he would Whenever he was about to lose, he would like surrender. Oh, like so he wouldn't. He'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'm good." But he would. He was like really fucking great. But he would figure out what their great moves were, 
And then he would go train and he would like fight them in his mind over and over until he knew he could, he mastered and could beat them. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't go fight them again. He just knew he could. And then he would go on to the next guy. And then he eventually, like, when he died, that was the fight he didn't give up on. He like kept fighting this dude and died. Um, but then after he died, he fucking. Uh, kept training in the afterlife for like over a thousand years so he achieved this level of like mastery and focus that you could never achieve in a lifetime it's like god level yeah Yeah, a thousand years of doing anything yeah and so on top of that the valkyrie are because like a mortal weapon wouldn't be able to hurt a god so the valkyrie transform themselves into like the ideal weapon for their champion Oh, and, and so he's got, you know, this fucking dope-ass sword, and he's fighting Poseidon, who is, among gods, a godly motherfucker. Like, he's bad as, he's, the he's like, the dopeness. Yeah, yeah. Like, is bad, like, he's... It's like even second there, to even, fucking Zeus. Even like, other gods Zeus don't want to... Yeah. yeah, even other gods don't want to fuck with him. God of the Ocean and Trident. It's fucking cool show. I wish I knew the name of it. I'm like telling you all about it and I don't even know. I think I I actually might have seen like an episode or two of this one and I think it's called Blood of the Gods. Something on like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's a good one. Something something like that along those lines. You have you ever watched any anime, Bill? Some. Not a nothing that I oh, can yeah. remember. You were talking about Ninja Scroll. That's old school. The closest thing, as far as it sounds like Osagi Ujumbo, <laughs> just the comics that's or Ninja Turtle comics. That's manga. How dare you? I don't know what the hell. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't <laughs> want to give it a label, man. Just that's be, how I am. What you, are. you know, some people take be some of this yourself. shit super, super to the T. You know, it's like when we were talking about the uh, traditional tattooing, I just had to disclaimer like, hey, mm-hmm. don't quote me on any of this. Because some people are like that about that, too. They're very, very like particular. Um, yeah, like kind of. Um, well, that's why it's called Ameri- like traditional, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is exactly. because like it's, it's a very simple. Uh, design, but s- then it but because of that you have to have very solid color, and fucking clean bold lines. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Like everything has to be perfect in it because, it is such a simple design. Or I mean, not so simple, but it also has to be done in a particular way. It's a. It's a. a- uh, a very bold style, you know, and uh, I would say very easy to read, long know? lasting. Yep, and it it holds up really well, and you can see it from across the room. But uh, it's very very difficult to execute, you know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you your lines basically have to be single pass, uh, very very consistent, you know, and like perfect perfect line work, single pass line yeah, work. Yeah, because if it, it's not, you can see those mistakes because it is such a. Uh, are they're very symmetrical too? It's with with stuff like that. It's very easy. There's no distraction. Everything's right out there in the open. So if there are any imperfections, they they them. shine bright. You can yep. you can pick them out from a mile away. Yep, yep. absolutely. I nerd out on tattoos and watch a lot of videos. I don't. I've never like tried to tattoo or any. But but I'm a pretty big fan of tattooing in general and just the history of it. 
Um, have you always been that way? Do you, do you study it like a lot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say um, besides anime, you know, um, my life, the majority of my life consists of tattoo, you know, like it's morning, noon and night. Um, so uh, we're all as artists, as an artist, me, myself, I'm always looking to progress, you know, and I'm always looking to advance. So I'm always kind of checking out like, you know, new technique um, new styles, uh, just different art, you know, for inspiration. Um, and then, uh, like new technology, new equipment, they're coming out with crazy stuff nowadays for, uh, yeah, I tattoos. saw you had that, um, didn't you have that pen? Yeah. That, that, uh, battery powered pen that yeah. you, you were digging. Yep. So I have a, uh, a completely wireless machine right now. Uh, it's called the Injecta Flight X1. It's a, it's a mouthful, but, uh, <laughs> it, it looks like, uh, something off of a spaceship, you know, it's all like see-through and there's computer chips in it and it's, it's nuts. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's a, a, one of the big advancements in tattooing is just all these new, uh, wireless machines you know as far as techniques are there anything that you want to try and challenge yourself with um i would say technique wise or artistic wise something uh, that's always kind of interested me that i have not done yet would be uh, maybe some blacklight style tattoos um there's uh, i didn't even know that was a thing yeah <laughs> yeah so um Basically, it's a, a it looks like a normal tattoo until you shine a black light on it, and then it'll light up, you know. And uh, uh, Ashley Matthews over uh, where I work, shout out to Ashley, uh, has been doing them for a while now, and that's kind of where, really, where I first saw them is when she started busting them out, and they're awesome. They're super rad. Yeah, they're uh, super cool. Yep. Do you do other art besides tattoo? Yeah, yeah. So um, I paint a ton, uh, acrylic, uh, and I actually uh, sell a lot of those guys. I, I paint mostly just for me, you know, in my mm -hmm. free time for fun. Uh, but uh, more often than not, people want to buy them. And at this point, I'm pretty stacked up with commissions uh, for like the holidays, Christmas, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, acrylic painting. Um, and a little bit of oil here and there. I'm just kind of getting into oil uh, more recently. It never dries. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part with but it. But it's cool. You can like sm like smear it together more and like continue to blend it layer after layer too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I guess that's like the give and take with it. Is it takes forever and a day to dry, which uh, makes me a little uncomfortable because you know I'm used to that quick ass acrylic. But then you do have that time to keep working it and, you know, to like step back and check it out. And then if you want to tweak this or blend this out, I mean, you can absolutely do it, which is which is cool. What's your kind of flavor, style or inspiration art wise, painting wise? Painting wise, um, I paint a lot of uh, anime, honestly, a ton of anime stuff. Uh and like when I was a kid, it was Pokemon, you know, all the time, Pokemon <laughs> left and right. So have you ever done any Pokemon tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. I've done quite a few of them, actually. Um, I think I've done like a Flareon or a, yeah, yeah, a Flareon and a couple of other ones. 
Uh, I want to do a shelter really bad for some reason. I don't know why. Don't There's know. no logic behind it. It just I seems don't like know it would anything be anything about Pokemon. I've played Blasphemy. a few of the games. I've played a few of the games. I played Pokemon Yellow and I played that Ruby one. They're 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 and, all like the same basis. Yeah, they're fun. I like the I like the mechanics of it and the way you play it. I really don't know shit about Pokemon though. Yeah. I uh excuse me. I basically I know a lot about the original 150, but after it started cuz that was like oh, that my was generation. when you were a kid, yeah. yeah so you, uh, how old are you? Uh 30 I'll be 32 in January. Okay, yeah. January. So that's like right when Pokemon was I was like just a just getting out of that when I was like a teenager. So that shit wasn't cool. I I never fucking got out of Pokemon, dude. I never. <laughs> when, when we were when we were fucking kids, though, it wasn't cool to like comics and like you were a fucking nerd, and it wasn't cool to be a fucking nerd. Now I got it tattooed on my arm, nerd. But I was always like one of those kids. So I I grew up in a a, a little rural town, you know. So there was only one high school, um, and. There was different groups and cliques for sure, but I kind of like intermingled, right? So I was like super nerdy. I've always been a nerd, but uh, I wrestled and and played a lot of sports and stuff. I was so. I was kind of the same way. I played basketball pretty religiously, but then I'd run home and watch Dragon Ball and wouldn't tell my boys about it. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I I'd would go watch cartoons when I got home. I would I would uh you know I would tell everybody about that shit, and it's like. Uh, if somebody wanted to bust my balls about it, it was like, you know, but nobody really did. That was the thing. I never really got a hard time about it. Yeah, it's, I don't care now. I shouldn't have cared. Were you, were, did you have anything like that, Bill? I, I never, like, what were you? I in? never fit in in high school anywhere. Not even almost were you my a own band clique. nerd? Uh, I was friends with all the band geeks and <sighs> like that, but, uh, and comic geeks and just, that's cool. The oddballs. I think once you're once I was senior, everyone kind of all merged together, and I think all the click stuff kind of, at least by like the last you know semester of senior year, all that bullshit didn't matter for at least one specific you know maybe one week in time. Yeah. But then <laughs> then you go to college and everything changes again, and but. So if there was Beavis and Butthead, I was Stuart. <laughs> oh, that's, shit. is the sad, sad truth of, of high school. <laughs> oh, but, damn, uh, that sucks. No, I went to a lot of punk shows and just... That's cool. Did mus- music was kind of what I did. You know, live music, any chance I could. You Man. know, living in Denver, got to see all like this early skate punk stuff. When when I was uh, growing up, we had a little coffee shop called Jive and Java, and they would put on shows every you know every Saturday night or whatever. Yep, that's like it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the whole high school would be there, and it was a tiny little coffee shop, but that place was so packed, like you couldn't walk in there, and the parking lot was just full of full of kids, like tailgating. You know, it was it was a rad time. It was a rad time. Like everybody was out, all the groups, everybody. You know, it was. It was this it was, was cool. in your the town you grew up in. Yeah, yeah. This was in my hometown. Yeah, and you would. <clears throat> it would just be local bands, dude. My fucking throat uh, is being crazy. No, man, there was bands from from all over the place. So like Hemlock, 
that's playing here or just played here recently, mm-hmm. they would come through that little coffee shop all the time. Uh, Vendetta Red came through there before they got signed, so that before they were famous. And you, this, you got to remember, this was like back in the day when like Taking Back Sunday was still on fucking MTV and there was music videos and shit. So there was like a huge, you know, I think uh, kind of like band music culture at that time because it was really possible for people to get signed. It was very popular. It was really DIY too. Yeah. Because that's, you know, what launched that whole thing, you know, the punk scene, at least for that and the next generation beyond. And even now, all you need is an interface and a mic and you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, look at us. The right software. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Any fucking clown can get it on the air. (laughs) Shit. But yeah, so that was... uh, yeah, rad times, man. I saw a lot of really cool bands, and it was just a kind of different culture back then. Um, I think you know because we didn't really have all the Facebook and and bullshit. It was like right around like MySpace times, like God, right when so MySpace weird was weird to popping think off. about. Is like My, when... that was like college for me. It was you wanted to make a magazine, you printed it off at Kinko's and stapled it together and handled it off at the corner. <laughs> the bands made, you know, wouldn't print out their own stickers. Like and, you leaflets know. and shit. So, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, it's like we wanted to make a comic. Well, they fucking did. They just wrote, drew it out. Well, Kinko's, like, double staped, and, you know. It's yeah. like people kinda. making their mixtapes and trying to sell them at shows and it's like handing out flyers yeah, yeah. at, like, local shows. and It's like people are asking you for, like, a record label. You don't look for the ra- label, be the label. Yeah, whatever yeah. your art well, or that's medium what it is. is, that's what it is now. You know, you don't you don't need. But we all have that. that power. I mean, people didn't have that power back then. It, yeah, it's, a lot more stuff's accessible nowadays. You, you way have more, more way more reach. Yeah. You got way more reach. Like we and would, that much more competition. And like this, true, true, saturates so, the market that much so more. So, like as music, well. as far as like selling music as songs, it's not worth as much because the just sheer you know volume of stuff that's out there and what people can get for it. But I think overall, it's it's a good thing, right? Because you have so much more volume and so much more competition in every industry nowadays that it pushes people to do better, you know what I mean? And to uh, achieve greater heights, you know, and push that mm-hmm. much harder. Well, not only that, but like gives people have more access to like real information when with like podcasts or like just alternate news sources in general is like a good thing but there's just because so much like disinformation you can't, you can't, as much information no that's true but like that's why you make sure you fact check what you're the people that you're listening to yeah it's like you just be smart about what you're taking in but like it's not really much of a secret that like mainstream media is compromised so you, you know i Absolutely. do you know i do have a degree in journalism and work for one of the biggest news <laughs> companies here in casper not, right <laughs> you, you know you do know that i'm not talking about them i'm talking about like i can tell you a few <clears throat> inside CNN things and... about the media first let's the liberal media is a product of capitalism mm-hmm. it is because they w- are giving what their audience they what they want. It's a product. The liberal media has the media are it's a plural word first of all is thousands of millions of people all screaming at the same time trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. They get attention by all saying the same thing at the same time, and there's a lot of herd mentality 
but a yeah. lot of its vices, its its defects, I think, are a, a, a product of capitalism. When most people want to blame socialism, but it's all about chasing the dollar and mm-hmm. that echo chamber, which we see a lot in Facebook. It's too. Horrible echo chambers are yeah. never a good thing, dude. Never yep. a good thing. It's Skynet. Yep. We were talking about yeah, the, we were talking the AI about that. <laughs> of of uh, yeah, they're trying is to Facebook him. is taking us over, that's, turning the humans against each other. That's that is a thing. I saw a documentary uh, a while back, right? So here's a, a big thing about me is I'm not super active on social media and uh, like my phone in general, right? I used to be. I used to be glued to that thing, and I had Facebook, Instagram, this that, and then every chance I got, I was on there scrolling, right? And I saw this documentary where it it, it kind of broke down how how that this stuff is designed to be that way, and it was so much more successful that they intended than they intended it to be. Is it the social dilemma? Uh, maybe it was, maybe it had like all the CEO kind of guys of like Twitter and developmental people from like uh, Facebook and stuff. And how it's addictive and it feeds into it. Yep. And how they can even like fine tune it. Like if you're not interacting with it enough. And after seeing that documentary, I noticed it. Like I kind of would back off of my phone a little bit and I would get these little notifications, bling, bloom, you know, like this guy's doing this. And it was all interesting stuff to me. But it it uh, uh, made me like really it's change like, the way I look at that like kind of re- shit. Reeling you back in. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. Trying oh, to he's bring not you- on here, so I better push oh. a bunch of notifications. Yeah, he's yeah. usually taking a shit right about now. <laughs> ding, ding. Yep, exactly. That's how they do it. So it, and uh, they got you timed and shit. Yeah, it's crazy how much <laughs> they could really figure out about <laughs> you. Fucked. And uh, seeing that, you know, it's like I. Uh, like to, you know, cause I do have like an addictive personality for sure, you know? So after realizing that, you know, I'm like way off of my phone nowadays, I like to be like more in the moment. And I, you know, I think like every minute I'm just sitting here scrolling endlessly on my phone is some uh, time. Be, you could be doing something else like anything drawing else. or perfecting your, or something. Anything, anything. You could be jerking else. off when you could be that jer- would be better. At least you're building time. muscle somewhere doing that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yes. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I just think that uh, it's unhealthy uh, to be uh, too too into any one thing. You know, and I see that a lot with most people nowadays. That's how uh, we interact is on social media. You know, um, and it's just, in my opinion, there's a lot of pluses to it for sure. But uh, there is a, a lot of uh, misuse to it, you know, and it, it is very unhealthy. It, it kind of goes back to the old uh, the story I was telling about, like the coffee shop and how back in the day everybody would show up and hang out. And we had awesome times because that's the only time you could fucking you would see anybody is you would have to go meet them in person, you know, in the analog. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is well, we, I th- we need a little more of that nowadays. That's we what do. I think that's the beauty of podcasts is we get to sit down, look at each other, have like a real conversation. Me and you have kicked it. Yeah. And had a couple tattoo sessions, but we've never actually had a chance to like actually talk usually when i get a tattoo i don't like to yak a tattoo artist's ear off you usually tell me it's all good Mm. but i don't want to distract you from like focusing on what's going to be on my skin forever Forever, yeah so like i don't want to yak your ear off and i just play some shit on my headphones and you know how i do yep yep it's been a while and i apologize 
Ah, no I worries. need to get in and get a tattoo, but it's you know, you know, life. Dude, I I absolutely know how it is because not only am I a tattooer, but uh, I am a tattooee as well. Yeah, you, you know, get, so yeah, you got a whole, you got a lot of tattoos. Yeah, so I I get it. You know, I I that's the biggest thing for me in getting tattooed. I would say the biggest roadblock is just time finding the time to to get in and get it done. You know, um, so yeah. I well, get I'm it, glad you're in a good spot over in at Final Thoughts and like you're. I know you took a little time off at one point, um, but I, I think that was you moving over, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a transitional phase. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you, um, how often do you, I saw that you went to? Like you mentioned, you went to like a convention. Do you do that? What what's what's different about that than um, like just tattooing your day to day tattooing experience? Like, so how is that different? in comparison so um tattooing at a convention basically is uh like night and day compared to tattooing like at your your normal shop your home base uh when you go to a convention it's like you get very used to like working just in general like at your own shop you get used to where everything is you know it's second nature you got to reach for this reach for that um and the conventions are totally different you're you're in a little booth where everything you know is just kind of where it's convenient to put you know because you don't have a lot of space and there's like thousands of people there so it's like almost like um like being a monkey at a zoo you know (laughs) like you're just sitting there and tattooing and all these people are coming and watching and checking things out but it's uh it's awesome it's definitely um, a lot more going on at conventions and, uh, you meet a, a ton of people, you know, but, uh, as far as actually tattooing, uh, there's a lot more distraction and everything is kind of not in its normal spot, you know, so, so how many you, people you, are getting a oh. tattoo versus just watching? Oh man. So the last convention I went to was villain arts in Denver. And it's it's huge. There was like six guys from Ink Master there, Inked Magazines there. And I would say there is probably, I don't know, a couple hundred artists alone, you know, and then like thousands of people, like crowds of people. But every artist was like tattooing nonstop, basically, like round the clock. Do you think uh, any tattooer like that's coming up, do you think that's valuable uh, experience is like tattooing under that kind of pressure. Do you think that like make, do you think that made you a better artist at all? Um, I would say absolutely. Right. But every artist is different and every artist progresses differently. And so like what is good for me and helps me progress necessarily isn't good for, uh, somebody else. Cause we're all individuals, you know, at, at the root of tattooing, it is, art you know it's one of the oldest art forms ever so it's very individual yeah so everybody kind of has like their own process like i i i dig the conventions you know i i i got to meet a a ton of people network a ton see a bunch of rad tattoos meet a bunch of artists that i look up to personally um so i think it was uh amazing growth for me um but you know i know other people that would fucking hate to be at a convention you know right they just 
rather work in a more chill environment. That makes sense. Yeah, like a more private, you know, setup. Well, it is art. Like you said, it is art. So, like, yeah, what, yeah, I, I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe that high pressure situation might make somebody else who's a great artist just not perform well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think and, that would be a thing, yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, how often do you get... You said American traditional is your favorite, uh, along with Japanese. Hmm. Um, Japanese traditional? Um, I Or what, uh, like, a neo... Like, so what are we talking? I would say um, just just to be, in general, J- Japanese-inspired. We could, we like could anime style stuff. Anime, you know, like, and then like, yeah, like traditional Japanese, you know, um, yeah, I dig it. Uh, just the imagery. It always tells a story, you know, um, and it's all just you know, beautiful stuff. Dragons, geishas, you know, the floral lotuses. Uh, it's just all stuff I really enjoy looking at. So I really enjoy tattooing it, you know, um, absolutely, because... It's it's stuff I would wear myself, a hundred percent. So yeah, well, yeah, that's apparent. Like through, <laughs> your, through your forehead tattoo. Yeah, should see my back. <laughs> yeah, what's mm-hmm. on your back? Uh, a whole bunch of neo traditional Japanese. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I've got uh, Shane Lou Allen working on my back. Shout so out. So explain neo traditional. What's that all about? So uh, when it comes to styles, right? Uh, originally we had traditional Japanese, which there's very strict rules, and then we have traditional American, which there's also very strict rules. So. Um, over time, those styles have kind of uh, developed. People have taken them and added, you know, more modern aesthetics to them, more modern touches, more modern kind of design features. And that's where the, the neo comes into it, like new, new tr- traditional. So it's based off of like the old school designs like Panther heads and clipper ships and stuff like that. But it's like a, a modern twist. So like with traditional American. So when uh, was neo timeline when did that come versus traditional oh hell if i know honestly it's been a thing that's been developing it just depends i mean you can say it's been developing since traditional tattoos you know because even back in those days guys were taking stuff and putting their own little spin on it their own touch on it you know so yeah maybe it's kind of always been there Mm -hmm. i think it started you know the the day you know maybe shortly after traditional tattoos you know and then with the technology too the more uh technology has advanced uh the more stylistically i think tattooing has advanced as well you know because more things are possible you know you can do more stuff now well yeah it's an animated tattoo like the illustrated band that'll move (laughs) like a gif (laughs) we can we can figure something out maybe uh i saw one one time where this dude had a lopsided ass smiley face like by his elbow but when he scrunched it up, it was perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it was wild, man. <laughs> Whoever did that's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. There are some there are some fucking wizards out there for sure. They're fucking people. I believe they just their brains work differently. You know, they operate on a whole fucking different level. Yeah, art like that where you can it can change when you like like those pictures where like people have like a picture folded. And then they unfold it, and it's like this crazy 
You know what I'm talking like about? Like stuff pops out and stuff. Yeah, and they, like, and pull it like apart. they open it and it like it's a whole extra picture. Yep. Like that's that's nuts. And that's like kind of what you're talking about there. Yeah, it's like how do bit. you even conceptualize that? You what, know? Yeah, what's the uh, longest session you've done so far? As far as uh, tattooing or getting tattooed? Both. Yeah, like, well, I was kind of asking like which, uh, as far as like that you've done a tattoo uh probably about 12 hours but breaks you know i take you know you know i take breaks like sessions is that 12 hours and the tattoo was done or is that was one session Uh, i think on that particular piece that was 12 hours and we were you know that was basically done one session that was like oh that was two or three sessions for that particular one and each one was that long or no? No, no, no. So generally, I don't tattoo for twelve hours. But that was um, line work. Uh, I think that was like line work and then shading. Yeah, and then we had like another one for color and then another for I don't, contrast. There's no and fucking touch-up. way I could sit for twelve hours. Some people, dude, are built differently, and it's always the people you wouldn't suspect. Like I'll have somebody come in, and you know they don't seem like they're gonna sit for six fucking hours straight and then still be like yeah let's keep going you know um people have a funny way of uh of surprising me like that you know and then you'll see like the big crazy biker guy that'll come in and put on numbing cream and get tattooed for like an hour and a half and then fucking as soon as it wears off he's like oh i'm fucking i, I got a tap or you know looking at his phone like oh shit i got uh, something came up you know and then they'll leave and you're like fuck dude you look it's a goddamn stone cold steve austin where the fuck you going <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's i always hear stories about people that they're like oh i fall i fall asleep and i think it tickles and i'm like what the fuck ever man like, I love having tattoos. I hate getting them. Some people, you know, there's all sides of the spectrum and in between. Like, I I have people that legitimately are just savages that, like, they can sit all day and it doesn't affect them, right? Um, but then I have people that fucking hate getting tattooed, but they'll sit and they get their tattoo, you know? Um, and I'm kind of, like, in the middle. Like, some days... It doesn't really bother me getting tattooed, but then some days I fucking hate getting tattooed because it does hurt. No matter where you get a tattoo, it does hurt. It's not terrible, you know, but they hurt. And some places suck. Like my armpit sucked. Yeah, some places are way and, worse than and others. And the back of my calf really hurt. That's like one of the worst that was, spots. That was fucking under terrible. your body. Yeah. Oh God damn. But I mean, some some areas. Uh, are relatively painless. You know what I mean? Like you barely feel it at all. When we did the one on my wrist, um, like everything was good. The li- I mean, I remember the line work because it's a circle mm-hmm. for anybody that doesn't know. And like, <laughs> so like to pull that off, you have to pull pretty consistent line. Yeah. And that's, it's a pretty big circle. So, I mean, a, one like long lines, I think, are the worst. It. I think when you got to pull for just a long time, that just like that shit sucks. And then the inside of the wrist is just tender anyway. Mm-hmm. The inside of the wrist is a little spicy. 
Um, <laughs> when I was getting my back done, for sure, there's some huge lines in that one. And I mean, that was one of the more tender tattoos I've gotten to date. And those lines, I mean, you could sit there. At one point, it started lighting up so bad, it just stopped. And I was like, okay, we've reached the threshold, you know. And It just stopped? What do you mean? Yeah, like, uh, I. it's hard to explain because it's the only time I've really had this experience being tattooed. It's like it hurt so bad at one point it just that it hurting. just fucking there's, there's just a point blew. when your body turns your pain center off yep yep it was like halfway through this big old line too and i was just like holy fucking wow and then boop nothing it's like the same sensation when you get into a very hot shower and it feels cold Fuck. would you agree to that um ish I would say if that's like a two or a three, that's, that's like a ten. Crazy! I don't that's think it's very I'm... similar. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good way to actually, yeah, sum that up. Yeah, dude, that's fucking nuts. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, yeah. like it your just bo- shut it's off. Your, huh? your body's defense yeah. mechanism. Shut the front yeah. door. It, you know, it's same reason why you can't physically recall pain. You forget it once it's over. It's, yeah. It won't let you. You can recall a lot of other things. Oh, Joy, I can recall depression. Fuck that. Not pain. The anger, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Like I can remember the worst times I hurt myself and like how bad it hurt. But you can't physically <clears throat> recall that the that you remember that it did hurt. You, I get what you're saying. You're saying you can like if yeah. you think of like a sad time, that emotional pain does come back, and you can like feel it again if you think about like some negative shit. That's true. But like thinking about like the time like you fucking busted your arm or something, yeah, that you're not pain gonna feel doesn't that pain. come back. Like, that would suck. That would be terrible. Yeah, it's like, you think about, oh, God damn. What if that was your superpower? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> or the side effects to your superpower. Dude, okay, so that's a pretty cool little conversation. What about, like, if there were superpowers and, like, some people got awesome ones and, like, you just ended up with the shitty ones, right? And I'm sure they've done this in comics. But like, what if you just like grew a hand out of your forehead, and that was your your and power your, straight that's up? Your, that's your fucking superpower. You, I guess you would just fucking get a normal job, dude. Just fucking stay home, you know. <laughs> just have fucking fist bump people with your forehead. <laughs> get real close to them and fucking here, grab your face with my face. So, feed yourself with it. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, that would fucking be a bummer, man. <laughs> I would rather have no superpower than a lame fucking superpower. It's just no shit. What it's if, like getting like yeah, a super if, shitty gift, like compared to getting like no gift or something, you know, or like something like that, like a super shitty gesture. Yeah, like you, you could have just not. You could have <laughs> just like yeah, not done it. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> fucking shitty superpower. Oh, fuck. what would be the shittiest superpower? Oh, that! I, I thought I've not of a shitty superpower, but we've, side effect. Well, we've talked about like, you like could, what you your favorite have, one would be. What would be one you wouldn't want to have? So if you're able to fly, but every time you landed, you had to fart really bad because you flew with an open mouth every time. <laughs> and like just it makes sense. All the air. That's the side effect of the superpower. Well, okay. Or, well, here, here's the thing. I've thought about this flying thing, right? And the only reason Superman and everybody else can fly is they because they have other powers that accommodate them being able to fly. Like, so if you tried to fucking fly, like, so let's say you could just fly. Just fly. Mm-hmm. And, like, however fast you wanted or whatever, 
But it's like you could go zipping and you'd be fucking freezing in no time. You wouldn't be able to see shit. Yeah, you would need like fucking gear. It's like being on a motorcycle. So, and You're I, just fucking. Uh, and yeah, I'm probably going to ruin my own shit here, but I had like a concept based around that for like a comic idea where you fucking like people get superpowers like that. Like you can fly, but you don't have the shit that accommodates that. So you need gear. So like, fucking like so you can actually use your superpower to the fullest. Like you can run as fast as you want, but if you fucking push it too hard, you could run right out of your own skin. Or if the, like you tripped and fell running that fucking fast. Like yeah. think about it. Your ass would just be like road yeah, exactly. rash, broken bones and exactly. shit. Or you're super strong, but if you push it, you could crush your own skeleton. Or like imagine yeah. having a superpower like you have like fucking ungodly strength but only underwater that's a cool and idea. you can't fucking breathe underwater so your ass needs a fucking fish uh, fucking oxygen i thing. guess my hero academia is kind of like that yeah it is it is They're, they got the dudes that like got the lame shit going on well yeah they gotta have like gear to make their powers work better or like like the main guy he can break his body by pushing his strength powers too yeah. far Yep, yep. That they do. So it's have like that I guess um, it's not like a new idea. But. Well, even like if you go to like Disney, did it with like the Incredibles. You know, they needed the super suits that would like stretch with the Elastigirl. Well, and I think uh, the gear yeah, that I would mean, accommodate with you. That's you know? like or the shit that would turn invisible with in, Invisible Girl or whatever. I think that's a thing in comics in general, though. Like uh, they each have their own lore. Yeah, I think uh, the Fantastic Four in particular had uh, gear that, just like that, that was like, so like uh, the the Human Torch wouldn't burn his clothes up every time he, they all had, uh, their suits were specialized to their powers. Cyclops' glasses. Yeah, yeah. That's it. The Ruby Quartz. That's a pretty cool one. I always thought Cyclops was, he got a bad rap, but he feels like a cop. He does. Yeah, yeah. They made like, him like the kind of. He's like a fucking cop. Like, dude. The stick of the, the, the preppy. Like, he'd be, like he'd be all pissed. narrow guy. Like, he'd be all pissed if he caught you smoking a J. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, back, at, that was like in the 90s too, you know, and every group kind of had like their guy, like the Power Rangers had like Tommy, you know what well, I mean? Well, no, Tommy was the cool guy, like the. Was he straight and narrow? I didn't watch fucking Power Rangers. They ran like a dojo for like after school boys and girls club and shit. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all you had to say. <laughs> 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 but Tom, like, I didn't know shit about fucking Power Rangers, right? But I thought the fucking Green Ranger was dope. Yeah, yeah. The Green Ranger was the shit, man. Uh, when I was a, uh, a kid, he's, it was Would like you the say he's the, most pa- he's the most famous... Of all the Power Rangers, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because then he becomes uh, uh, the, White the White Ranger, man, and he gets the talking dagger. That, that was in the movie. Yeah. Ivan Ooze, man. I remember that movie. That was movie. a fucking cool movie. But, Have you ever seen it, Bill? No. Dude. I've not seen any that Power was, uh, Rangers other than... When did that come out? Google see, that. That's when I was... It was before my time, after my time, I after... Wanna, I'm Googling I want to say like 94... 94 or 95 yeah, something that's, like that. no it's later than see, that the was, ivan Ooze it's movie? like so i was going to see the ramones and then 
You know, no FX and... Yeah, it's like 98 or 99. Hold on. No way. Power Rangers. Or 90. Well, or just Power Rangers in general. I was in, I graduated in ni- high school in 96. And then went to college after that. In college years, I had no money, so it was whatever was free. Yeah, no video store were, fucking trips. Yeah. Whatever the dude down the 1995, dorm had on I guess you were closer than I. We were kind of in the middle, but you were closer. Yeah. Holy shit, are you gotta be fucking kidding me? It's a long fucking time ago, man. It yeah. doesn't seem like it though. That's the crazy part. Like, that was a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was I went rad. and saw that in the movie theater. I saw uh a big one for me was the first Pokemon movie in theaters. That was that was a big one. Which one? The very first one. Pokemon with I think like it was Pokemon two thousand with Mew. Yeah, with Mew and Mewtwo in it. That's the one everybody cries about. Right when he turns to stone, yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> or whatever. I think some sad shit. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, there was some shit in there. There's always some tear jerkers in the in the movies. The part that made me cry in any anime was when Vegeta sacrificed himself against Majin Buu. That I think that was a big one for fucking. Dude. Just about everybody. That was a big character development Dude, point, man. I think Vegeta has like the greatest character arc in like almost anything. That guy started as a straight up like homicidal maniac and turned into like the guy that would blow himself up to save the planet. Yeah. And he even his rival and like he did it for everybody. Like bro. Had it. He was like hugging his son and shit before. I think it's a that, real fucking tearjerker. I think that's like pretty fucking important though, because he like stepped back enough to realize like where he was fucking up type deal. Well, and know? then every fight before that, he had always been doing it to be the strongest in the universe and to beat Goku and to prove that he was the best. And he always did it for selfish reasons. And then when he. When he did that, it was, like, not for him at all. Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, a complete shift in his character, and he stuck with it, and now they're, like, he's just a good guy. Yeah. Shit like that's cool, because then, like, and it's it's funny, if you look at Dragon Ball, every character that chills with Goku it used to be a bad guy on some level. Or they were a, a rival of his, or but they all end up being his homies, and yeah. eventually being a good guy. Even Boo, Majin Boo. Yep, I think that's a, a pretty common. Ex- Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. oh, I think that's like a pretty common, uh, like plot for for like a lot of animes like that. You it's know, kind of true in life in a lot of ways, especially when you talk about competition or just like. Friendly competition. Yeah. It's common you know, ground. Versus, you know... If you end up finding out that you have more common ground than not. And Well, if you think about it like this, right? Like, let's say you're you're super passionate about something, right? Like, like Goku. Like, that motherfucker loves to fight and loves to train, and he wants to always become stronger and more powerful, right? And all of his rivals are... They have the same obsession the same passion you know they all like the majority you know like of of like like vegeta vegeta wants to be the strongest you know they have the same goal the common goal so they're very 
uh, I would think like very like-minded individuals, you know, and they share that same passion, which I think can like bring people together for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. And like that show, like it's, it's cheesy to like say, but like that part, like when I watched that as a kid, I was like, you know, that like taught me a lesson on like how to be with when I had kids eventually, like that's how, oh, that's how you protect your family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you give them everything. I've, 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 and like that always stuck with me. And like that shit's crazy, man. Like it, it really, like it's nuts how something like that can really stick with you and then like teach you a, a real life lesson is it's like just a cartoon or whatever but like what the hell it's like the i think it's like the story behind it and the ideals behind it because you got to think like back in the day like you were saying with like lore and the mythology and stuff that's how we used to pass down you know tradition and pass down lessons you know is through stories like like the hero, you know, like Hercules or, or whatever, you know, like those stories have inspired people for thousands of years. You know, they hear a story about, about you know, like Hercules and they're like, oh, dude, I, I want to. ancient. Yeah, I want to, you know, and I'm sure, you know, people over time have, have heard that story and it's inspired them to become what they are. Like, you know, like think about like athletes, boxers, you know, um, a, a lot of that stuff is uh yeah, inspirational. It it inspires me a lot. I do a lot of watching like sports documentaries. I watch a lot of fights constantly. I watch a lot of stuff about fighters and podcasts where they're talking and like it all. That stuff is super motivational for me. Not because I want to be a fighter, because I know I'm not on that level at all. But I've always been, like, a crazy fan of, like, just combat sports mm -hmm. in general. And, like, basketball. And, like you say, it's Ren all... Renaissance Fair jousting? Hell yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I would I would watch that. But, like, uh, like you say, it's just inspirational to watch people do spectacular things and achieve, like, through dedication and... Um, you know, focus in time, they've, they're able to do this incredible thing, yeah. even if it's just like a crazy fucking goal that a soccer player makes. Yeah. Like that, like just seems insane that like he even pulled it off or like a crazy knockout that you're just like, holy fucking shit. That kick was perfect. Like yeah. when, uh, uh, Rose Nama Yunez knocked out, uh, 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 what? Well, ah, fuck. She just beat her again. I can't remember her name. Either uh, way, same. she fu when she fucking hit her with that high kick, it was fucking perfect. Yeah, like uh, like perfect. Yeah, like I, the if you play that kick in slow motion, it is fucking perfect. I I think the 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 common thread with all of that stuff too is like you were saying, like the the hard work, you know, like and the the perseverance. It's like when they I, culminate in those fucking moments of perfection. Yep, yep. It's like that's that's what we see, you know. But each one of those individuals has put in probably countless hours. She practiced that kick a million Mil times, millions, yep. yeah, billions of, yeah. And it just landed perfect that night, and it was a beautiful fucking kick. And like one of the 
like it's it was just like a once in a lifetime thing yep. like just like those kind of moments that's why I watch sports that's why I watch fights and I love watching people excel at all kinds of things like you know what I mean just anything really yeah. you see somebody do something exceptional and that inspires you to yeah absolutely I mean I think we should all like as individuals for ourselves strive to do something that we feel uh, is worthwhile, number one, no matter what it is. And then to do that thing, whichever, whatever it is that we choose to do that exceptionally, you know? Um, And if you love it, give it the respect to give it your all. Yeah. And a hundred percent of your focus and don't sell yourself short or let anybody tell you that you can't. That's the biggest thing too, right? So whenever you're doing anything and anything exceptional, um, uh, you're going to have haters, you know? Um, and if if anybody would have listened to their haters, dude, nobody would be anywhere. We wouldn't have heard of any of the musicians, these artists, if they would have listened to all the, all the naysayers. Because no matter what, you're always going to have haters. So, like, yeah, do whatever you do to the best well, of your abilities. I'm sure you had people everybody. telling you well, you shouldn't tattoo, you should get a real job. And, like, yeah, you, you didn't listen, and now look at you. You're fucking working at one of the dopest shops in town. Absolutely. And, that's... like, fucking killing it, I'm sure. Like, Absolutely, dude. That's a big thing, man. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm like, that story 100%. You know, if I would have listened to everybody that fucking doubted me, Dude, I would be doing who knows what right now. You and know? then then there's always that number one doubter, which can be yourself. 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 That's, you that's can tell you can, I, I've talked myself out of so many things, and it's like I'm glad we got this podcast going. So there's and one like, thing about doubt, but then there's the other thing about ex- <clears throat> allowing yourself to fail. Yeah. Cause it, and then accept, you know, and being able to look back and say, all right, well, that, that didn't work, so... You know, it's it's the path of a million failures that'll lead to that uh, one, one success. You well, know? Yeah, and then failure teaches you lessons that 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 a win you, never you, will. Yeah, help, help you learn. You, yeah, yeah, they help you polish uh, what your craft and whatever you're trying to achieve. We're like, okay, well, if you're smart, you'll go. I won't do that. Do that again. Some people have a. I mean, it, everybody has a fear of failure. And then there's evil so. can evil. Yeah, that <laughs> motherfucker. But I believe but it I, should always be back to the drawing board. Never fucking throw your towel in. Exactly, you know? exactly. And it's like, it's taken me a little while to get to that point, but it's, yeah, you have to view your failures as lessons, not as like, oh, fuck, I can't do this. Yeah, I think a big part of it, too, is just staying humble and just remaining a student for your entire fucking life, you yeah, know, like lifelong learner. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very important, you know, um, like as a as a tattoo artist in particular, you know, I'm a very young tattooer, you know, um, but talking to a lot of uh, guys who, you know, people who have been in the industry for like 15, 20 years or whatever, that's a, a big thing that they always say, too, is like even after tattooing for 20 years, they're still learning and they're still progressing. You know, you can't ever put a cap on yourself. You can't ever say this is good enough because there's no such thing. You can always push it that much more and that much further, you know? Well, especially if you do reach that pinnacle, right? It's like you, 
I think, uh, well, I don't know because I've never been. There's never up a, there. A pinnacle. But it's it's it's, it's got to always. Well, be it's a, like yeah, like you can't like you say be like that's good enough because yeah. then there's going to be that guy that passes you in no time. Yeah, there's that guy who's always trying to fucking push harder and and who's still hungry. Yeah, and it comes down to a passion thing too. You know, it's there are people out there that are so passionate about whatever it is they do that you know they don't even necessarily have to push in a traditional sense you know they just it's what they do you know um so yeah it's always always important to 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 you know keep challenging yourself i think you know and always to keep an open mind because you can learn uh you know the 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 most uh like you know biggest craziest life-changing thing from like the most humble source, you know, from the most unsuspected source, you know, you might sit next to a guy on the, on the bus one day or something, you know, and he might say something and it just clicks and you're like, wow, you know, I never looked at that that way or I never thought about that particular thing. And that could trickle down to the whole, you know, rest of your life. Yeah. Well, that's why I think doing a podcast like this is important than like, giving people that little extra perspective but like a guy like you like you say you meet new people all the time Mm -hmm. um so like something like this you talk to people a lot but maybe they might not get the in-depth kind of description like you were just talking about or get to know you quite as well Mm -hmm. unless they've been in for a few sessions yeah i think conversations like this in general are important i think we're supposed to talk to each other like this not necessarily over uh social media and always over text and we're supposed to talk face to face have conversations yeah um and do this kind of thing and i'm really glad you came on man and i hope uh people take a listen and get to know you a little better and hopefully it brings you in more even more people to get some tattoos and fucking i'm always looking to meet new people man i'm always looking to make new friends yeah i mean and that's why a lot of the reason why i kept coming back to you is like i enjoyed your company i felt like we clicked on like our interests and that's a big part of like I think for a lot of people going in for tattoos too, like you said, you had that feeling out process yeah, where you'd kind of chill and talk about what a person wanted. See if you guys are like going to be able to sit together for a little while. And it's like, I do the same thing when I'm looking for somebody to tattoo me. It's like, I want to make sure like I can actually like talk to this guy and we're not going to be like weird. I think he's not going to get what I'm trying to, what i want yeah i think it i think it needs to work both ways you know what i mean because um it's like we're basically like i said earlier yeah we're gonna spend a ton of time around each other so like my initial consultation is like a screening process for lack of better words to just kind of filter out people that maybe yeah i don't jive with you know um uh so it always makes for a way better experience that way you know way better for me and for for whoever i'm tattooing and i think it absolutely does like you were saying you know you felt me out as well it needs to work both ways like uh we have to 
have trust on both ends, you know? So yeah. if I came to you with a really shitty idea, you wouldn't do it? Nope. So, yeah, no, that's actually a common a common thing I <laughs> he get said, asked. He said that really fast. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. Um, no one so, dogged yeah. her right here. <laughs> yep, I would, I would, you know. <laughs> with my wife's name in it. I would be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm polite about shit, you know. I wouldn't be like, oh, God, fuck that. But, like, I, I'm polite about it. I actually turn away more ideas than I take on, um, you know, because for me, uh, yeah, this is my job and it's what I do, you know, to pay the bills, but it's so much more than that. Like, this is my passion, right? So I would rather let money walk out the door than sit there and do something that I'm not into 100%. Um, and that's a big thing too. Like I meet tons of people that are awesome people that I vibe with really, really well um, that, you know, we would have an awesome awesome time together if we sat down and tattooed but their ideas just don't click with me and i do let them know like hey that's really not my not my thing you know um so like and and i will turn it away you know and i said but if you have you know another idea hit me up but you probably give them a good suggestion on somebody that could do pull off their idea yeah absolutely like point them in the right direction absolutely which is another thing that's like kind of changed about tattooing over the years is like it used to be um like people would keep their you know it was like you didn't help another shop yeah no it's it can still be like kind of like that in certain areas depending on where you go is that like that around here it just depends I mean, it, yeah. it, honestly, it depends. There's not to throw any like. No, no, no. We're not. We won't put any names firing, out there. Not firing shots. Shit! Everybody's listening for the tea now. It's tea time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, there are, you know, there's certain shops that get along, uh, and there's certain shops that fucking don't get along. And same with artists. There's certain artists, you it's know, just... from different shops. I have friends that work in other shops, you know, um, and you know, and then there's certain artists that that don't get along. So it's, you know, in this area, I, I honestly, the culture in this area is pretty good. You know, it's pretty open. It's pretty fucking rad. Um, there's every, a pretty big scene here. Yeah, there's, there's a huge tattoo there's, scene here. There's man. a really big tattoo scene here. For, for such a, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a small town, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a big fucking city either. So True. for, for the, the demographic here for the size of the area, there's a ton of shops and a ton of tattooers. And and a big saturation of really good talent. Yeah. Yeah. It's super so like rad. it's hard to go wrong um almost anywhere. That that is a thing. There's a lot of really talented people out there uh in in this town that are slinging ink, man. It's very impressive artists and uh like it's just very uh rad to be a part of it you know that is yeah like I'm for sure, sure. It, it's a it's super cool sweet man yeah well we're hitting about an hour and a half here is there anything uh where do we find you if, if we want to know more about you what's the best way uh, so right now uh you can look me up on facebook just jeremiah johnston j-e-r-a-m-i-a-h-j-o-h-n-s-t-o-n um I'll, that's that's about it right now or you can swing by final thoughts on 669 cy avenue or shoot us a call or a message on facebook yeah. sweet man all right i think that's it well, bye everybody